Welcome to Finneytown Local School District's official podcast, the only place to listen to the in-depth stories from our students, staff, and community members. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Finneytown Wildcats official podcast. Happy Monday. We have a great guest for you today, Tom Baday, English teacher here at the secondary campus. Tom, how are you? I'm doing great today. Awesome. Good to have you on the podcast. MK, Mike Kennedy, co-host. How are you? I'm doing good. Tom, how many years you've taught here so far? Uh, I am working on year six now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Six years. Where are you at, MK? Oh, I think I'm 19. 19? I feel like you add a year every time I ask you. I don't know. I started in 2004. What is that? Do the math. Took, I'm an English teacher. I took, teacher. A, I took a sabbatical in 2012 for a year. Okay. Is that carry the one? Right around 19, I think. <laughs> I think that, well, I know what I'm a I year. Say? I'm a year or two short of you. So if you're 19, then I'm 17. Oh, okay. Which I can't wait till I get to double digits. That's gonna be great. Man, it's scary. I got that 15 years of service certificate recently. Yeah, and that was that was eye opening because you know that's kind of like the halfway mark to retirement. You sure. plan on retiring? At, I thought, no, I thought you were just gonna work until you faded into the ether. No, honestly, I don't want to ever retire. <laughs> yeah. 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 But we're not here to talk about retirement or years of service. We're here to talk about project-based learning and your creation of a nation project, which um, I had the opportunity to witness last year. And uh, this year, Mike, I know, has been working with you on that project. So we're excited to hear all about it and project-based learning from your perspective. So we will get to that, Tom, but we always start with rapid fire. Rapid, rapid, rapid. Are you ready? Yeah, go okay, for it. Here we go. As fast and as furious as you can. If you could pay someone to do one of your chores, which one would it be? Oh, my God. Cleaning the dishes anytime. If I could finish a meal and then not have to clean the entire kitchen and put all the dishes away and then, you know, make sure that my my kids' dishes are away, which is the worst, that would definitely be it. Do you remember that movie, Robots? Where the little robot, it's a kid's movie. Yeah. Little robot would like take the dishes and like flip them in the air and then like put it in his belly and he'd wash it and then he'd throw it into the... the, the I would pay a lot of money for yes, one of those robots. I would too. Yeah. Because then I wouldn't have to do that. I'm constantly washing dishes. I, I mean, same. Every single night. Yeah. That's my, my, it's my responsibility. My, my wife doesn't wash dishes. I take the dishes. But I've never seen the movie Robots, but have you seen Sword in the Stone? The yes. old sword in the stone? Yes. And you know how uh, Wart has to clean the dishes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then Merlin comes in, and he says, then all of a sudden they're magically doing themselves. That's what I want. A little, oh. little saying, dishes just I go themselves. technology, you go magic. I go magic. Okay. All right, fair enough. Okay. Next one, here we go. What is the last thing you watched on TV? Oh, I'm watching uh, Reservation Dogs on Hulu which is about these four kids on a reservation in Oklahoma, and it is fantastic. Hmm. Reservation dogs? Yeah, reservation dogs. Interesting. Yeah, it's about, about four native kids and their uh, their daily struggles to wow. get through life as teenagers. And it's, it's very funny. It's definitely not uh, school appropriate, but it is um, it is. Very engaging. So. Nice. Yeah. All right, last one. You've almost survived. Here we go. Who is the staff member who is least likely to return the grocery cart to the corral? Corral. Oh, man. In the parking lot after loading. Oh. That's a tough one. 
there's okay, there's two reasons you don't return the grocery cart. Either you are so insanely busy that you like can't take the breath to do so, or you're a complete monster. So if it's busy, it's probably our principal Carol. She's she's the person who's so incre- incredibly busy that she'd be like, all right, got that. If it's because you're a complete monster and you have no disre- you have like no regard for anyone else, it's probably Tammy Deets. Wow, <laughs> come on. And she she knows that we're gonna fight. Oh my oh gosh, I absolutely love Tammy. So that's everyone knows that's not oh, true. Oh, yeah, oh definitely gosh, not true. I just want to see your faces. The when thing I is, that. that's called a corral. All yeah. this time, I never knew that was a corral. See, I don't know if it's called a corral or not. When we were writing the question, that felt like the best word to describe sure. that corral. thing. Okay. The shoot. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's corral words it, better. So yeah. listen, audience, yeah. please let us know. Email us. Actually, email Mr. Muchmore if it's not correct. And we'll... Yeah, if anybody it. knows the official name for that thing that you return your grocery cart to in the so parking somebody lot. Somebody in the business. Let me know. Yes. We let got some know. kids that work at Kroger. We should do some sort of a research project on that. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. There's my next one. Yeah. All right. Well, you survived rapid fire, right? Oh, thank God. It's, it can be tricky, but you did a great <laughs> job. Okay, so, right, Creation of the Nation, great project that you do in your class. Tell our audience, what is the project? What is this Creation of a Nation thing you do with so your students? The project happens at the beginning of the school year, and I'm teaching 10th grade English. And uh, my whole class is focused on the idea that literature and identity are connected in some way. And we basically spend the whole year exploring different ways that we can um, look at that connection. And one of the ways we start out is uh, with a big picture. Um, We start thinking about how belonging to a group as big as an entire nation affects the way we think of ourselves, the stories we tell, um, the way that we communicate with others. And so the project is that uh, the students are broken up into groups and they get to create their own nation from scratch. I give them just a little bit of information about a location and from there they get to create all sorts of um, uh, customs and government and stories and all sorts of symbols that uh, transmit their culture. And so that's basically the idea is they get to, uh, it's almost a little bit of a world building, some kind of like fiction writing, uh, but it's, they get to create their own nation that they belong to. Nice. And how many years have you done this project? I've been doing this project um, the entire time I've been here at Finneytown and uh, a couple years prior to that when I was teaching in Illinois. So I think this is maybe the eighth or ninth year that I've done this project. Nice. So what? Why does this project matter? You've done it for, you know, year after year. Why does it matter? Well, there's a, there's a bunch of things that uh, I find really beneficial about it. The first one is that doing it at the beginning of the year and having kids work in groups and giving them a lot of freedom to create something allows them to have a lot of buy-in to the class. And it's an exciting project at the beginning. So first of all, it's, you know, kids are enthusiastic about showing up in my room because it's like, hey, we're going to do a fun project in here. We're going to be working with our friends. So that's one thing. That's I love doing the project and watching that um, camaraderie build at the beginning of a year. Um, another reason is it's I feel like when we talk about identity a lot, most of the time we focus on our, our personal selves, um, our, our more intimate um, stories. And I think we quite often skip over the big picture 
And so I like flipping it and saying, hey, let's start big when we talk about identity and look at these big influences that we have, things that sometimes are so big we don't even realize they're there. And mm-hmm. I, think that's a, I think that's an important piece to have um, young people looking at uh, those type of uh, perspectives. You talked about the camaraderie. We had a few students in the last podcast who were from your class, and you could hear how, how much they were appreciating the, the time spent interacting with one another in those different um, groups that they were assigned based on the terrain. So yeah. it's a cool community building at, um, project as well. So what makes this particular project PBL and instead of just another project? Well, I think that one of the big things is we start with this driving question. It's, you know, we have the driving question of the class of, you know, how, what do we think about this statement that identity and literature are connected? But then we, we break it down into smaller pieces um, and we ask these questions. What is it like if you could build your own nation and decide what your influences are there? Um, there's a lot of questions that go into creating the product, and that's there is a product to this. There's a there's a public piece. There's a um, the cultural exchange, which happens where the students are all interacting with each other. Um, so there's a lot of that that happens. I think that um, there is a lot of hands-on um, creation. The kids. You know, they're not just writing little paragraphs about this. They're actually creating flags. They're creating um, songs and dances. Um, some of them create whole mythologies. And uh, this year I got my first statue of one of their uh, cultural symbols, which was great. Uh, that's now in my room. So oh, there's, there's, nice. a lot, there's a lot of different types of artifacts are being produced. And um, there is no set answer um, for the questions that we have. So there's a lot of exploration uh, based on those questions. And I think that really strikes at the the spirit of what PBL is trying to do. Okay. So PBL, project-based learning, we have a lot of staff members who who are, who are have been working on it from years before, who are just new to it, um, some who are still waiting to take the first leap into it, which all, all three groups are fine. Um, but what are your doubts or reservations about project-based learning? Mm, I think when it really comes to, if I have any doubts about project-based learning, I think they are, they're small, first of all, um, but they're mainly personal ones. Things like as I, as I look over the assignments that I'm giving kids as I'm designing projects, um, I have a lot of questions for myself. Things like, you know, is this really the best way? Is this, um, can I do something else with uh, a particular piece of a project? I'm always, I'm always having these, you know, doubts that lead into reflection, um, doubts that will say, hey, let me ask a question or let, let me get another set of eyes on this. I've been running this project for eight or nine years now. And this year I asked Mike Rosa and Mike Kennedy, I said, hey, I have this project. I think it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure. And it's like, so those are the type of doubts I have where I'm saying, I bet if I asked you to look at it as well, you might see something that I could enhance. And so like most of my doubts are the personal ones that are say, how can I enhance this? How can I make this better or make this strike truer to what the kids need? All right. So you've worked with Mike and Mike, uh, Rosa and MK here on uh, 
in a collaborative process to look through this. What was it like working with Mike and Mike? Well, that was that was very it was very good uh, session that I had where they basically you know they looked at the project and they thought it was it was very well tuned. Um, and then from that, we got into some more philosophical uh, conversations about our community and our philosophies and teaching and stuff like that. So even though I started with the question of, like, how can we fine-tune just this project, the conversation I ended up having with Mike Rosa ended up being, how can I better, um, I don't want to say enhance, but how can I better uh, attune myself to what my community needs and what my students in general need. And so that was a, that was a very valuable conversation that I wouldn't have had unless I had asked about my project. So, um, which is one of the things that I always find very interesting, especially about, you know, when you're in PBL spaces is that sometimes the question that you ask leads to answers that, you know, it leads to new information, leads to things that you weren't expecting and that are very useful and very, um, illuminative to, you know, illuminating to what it is you're trying to do. That's cool. That's cool to hear. That's why I, I, when I started, I uh, just personal story. I would, I was afraid to ask people for help or to collaborate because I didn't want people thinking I didn't know what I was doing or whatnot. But I've quickly, not quickly, took me too long to realize that um, I could only be the best version of myself when I allow myself to be with others and to have good conversations, um, such as you just shared with Mike Rosa. So to hear that our staff are doing that more and more and being open to um, getting another set of eyes on our lesson plans or our projects, um, that's really cool to hear. Yeah. And uh, bouncing ideas back and forth, you never know where it goes. Yeah, but, well, uh, and that's I always say, and I, I said this to Mike when we were meeting, I said, all I need is 15 minutes in the room with the right people, and I know whatever problem I have is going to be solved, or at least I'm going to be moving in the right direction. And so, like, like that's, that. that's always been my, my teaching philosophy, too. My entire career has been, I'm not quite sure what I'm doing, but I bet if I sit in a room with you and have this conversation, I'll come out of it with some direction and some, some insight. Nice. So to close this out, um, our last question is, what are you learning about yourself as a teacher from our conversation today? Well, as you know, I was thinking a lot about... I was actually thinking about that kind of thing as I was walking up here. I was like, I didn't know what kind of questions you were going to ask me. And I didn't know. And I started doing some reflection on the project this year. And I think that's one of the things I'm always learning about myself as a teacher is, you know, that I can be better as an educator, as somebody who's like fostering growth in kids by really reflecting on myself first and what, like, what is my part in it? Cause that's a, the thing I can control the most. And, um, it was it was good to uh, to put the uh, the element of like I know I'm going to be questioned about certain things, so what should I dig down deep and and clarify for myself first, so that I can be better communicator, a better um, facilitator of growth, um, that I can design things better in my curriculum, uh, especially because I I know that there's other people who are going to be questioning it, you know, compassionately and and with you know good eyes and and a, and a a kind critique, but like there's people questioning me. So I should start by questioning myself and see what I come up with. Mm. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really good answer. I appreciate that answer. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, this has been a great conversation. Let's not let this stop. I'm sure you got more PBL experiences down the pipeline. Oh, for sure. As we go. Um, For me, you know, I'm going to... 
jump in here, but seeing your project, the next thing I'd like to be able to see students experience is a bigger audience. And that was kind of the start of the mm-hmm. podcast is get the word out, let people hear about it. But the next time, maybe we can invite more community members to come in and see that. Because I got I to tell you the truth. When I came in and saw them doing the dances, I, oh, I just about lost it. It's one of the best things of the whole year is watching the kids <laughs> yeah. do their dances with each other and, and just yeah. giggling and trying to figure out how yeah. they're communicating. It's so much fun. Yeah. So on the next one, I, I want to see. So all those people out there in the community, be on the lookout for some invite because we, <laughs> we want you to come in and check this out. And um, I'm sure we'll get in either the PBL space or the media center on the secondary campus and uh, be on the lookout for future projects for Tom. So thank you for coming in and close this out. Absolutely. Yeah. Tom, thanks for being here. Thanks for oh, all my, you do for the pleasure. district. Yeah. It was a good, good conversation. And like uh, Mike Kenny just shared, uh, there are stories uh, similar to yours happen- happening all around this school and in the district as a whole as uh, we keep uh, working just to get better and better day by day. And um, our students, uh, if you listen to the last podcast, seem to be enjoying all that our teachers are doing for, for our students. So, Thanks for listening. You can find us on Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. And uh, thanks for listening to our story. Have a great one.